Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. And all of a sudden, uh, one year, I got two TV offers in the same week. So I never really planned to host a TV show, but it happened. And next thing you know, we're sitting here today talking to you with uh, 14 years of television under my belt. Yeah, and you just celebrated like an anniversary, right? I did, yeah. 10 years hosting The Edge. That's incredible. You know, it's a funny business, that TV business in the hunting industry. You know, personal opinion on that, there's a lot of heroes out there. You know, with the attitude, I host a TV show, so I'm I'm the best. I'm better than the next guy. And uh, it's not, that's not it for me at all. You know, it's a passion project for me. Uh, the main basis behind it for me personally is the ability to stand on a taller stage and promote the heritage behind the hunt. I think it's super important that we remember where we came from in order to understand where we want to go in the future. Happy to be a part of that. Say thanks for all of your support all, all the years and, you know, maybe ruffle your feathers a little bit too while I was at it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley, and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range, where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. Welcome to the range, everybody. My name is Ricky Bruley, and I am here in the uh, Vapor Trail studio. I hope today finds you well. I just got done shooting in our 40-yard range here in the pro shop, and man, it feels good. I tell you what, uh, we get so busy here in the summer that it's hard to find time to shoot. And matter of fact, I haven't even climbed into a tree yet. Uh, But just like a mature buck, I'm letting all the young bucks run around and chase while I save my energy when the time is just right. (laughs) So, Or it's just that I prioritized all my PTO for family things. So, you know, that's probably usually how things go, but... uh, um, thank you all for joining us today. You can find the video version of this episode on the Vapor Trail YouTube channel. Please head on over, give us a subscribe. If you like the video, give it a like and hit that bell so you can be notified of all things archery. I'm very excited today about today's episode. I finally had the opportunity to sit down with an individual that I've known for several years now. Unfortunately, we've never really had the opportunity to just chat. It's always been uh, business related and luckily that business is archery. So we're able to kind of keep it um, fun and and cheeky and entertaining, but I'm really looking forward to get to know him more on a personal level. He's a pretty funny guy and rarely have I seen him without a smile on his face. He's been a loyal user of Vapor Trail and Stokerized products for many years. And in fact, his mug can be found on the packaging of our GI8 Limb Driver Arrow Rest. And on top of all of that, he is also uh, a host of the wildly popular The Edge on Wild TV. Mr. Steve Eklund, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. No problem. Just super happy to have you on. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your day to be here with us. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We're uh, 
in between uh, some hunts and uh, filling in today with a little bit of work. But uh, yeah, we'll cut some time out for this. No problem. That's awesome. That's awesome. So aside from, you know, for the people that don't, for the people that know you, they know that you're an absolute hunting beast in the field. And of course, a, a, a very accomplished stand-up comedian. Uh, and for the people that don't know you, um, tell us a bit about yourself, your family, you know, perhaps some of the other ways that you prefer to pass your time in. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty much an open book. I mean, uh, if you follow along on social media or watch the show, it's uh, I don't really change the, my lifestyle in any way. It's work, hunt, repeat, yeah, uh, uh, nonstop. I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that uh, takes family vacation to the beach and sits around and drink margaritas. I'm either hunting or I'm working, <laughs> and uh, I've got a wife that puts up with all of that. So. Uh, pretty pretty blessed and fortunate in that side of things yeah and uh i mean as far as filling my time uh you know if it's not hunting it's hunting related i'm shooting my bow uh i'm out doing my uh long range stuff with the rifle uh which mm. i've really taken a, a liking to yeah. and uh yeah just kind of planning the next hunt yeah that's awesome man um so what uh what is it that got you into hunting? You know, tell us the origin story of that journey, and also, uh, you know, maybe tell us uh, tell us about the first critter that you killed. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess if we go way back to give you kind of the inside scoop, a little bit about me. Uh, I grew up in northern Ontario. Uh, I now reside and have resided out in Alberta, Canada, so the western uh, province or side of the country mm-hmm. uh, for about twenty seven years. But growing up in northern Ontario, my my dad, you know, I grew up in a hunting family. Um, my dad worked pulp paper mill for 40-some years. Uh, he owned a gun shop on the side. Mm. Um, and archery, you know, became a thing for me at a young age, probably, I don't know, 10, I guess. Mm. Uh, Rambo was big at the time, <laughs> you know, and he had that black bow and, mm-hmm. and uh, he shoot the arrows that would explode and I just had to have one, and uh, I came back, I guess, or for a birthday party one year. I still remember it. Um, open up this gift, and here's this black compound bow. I can't even tell you. It's probably a no-name <laughs> brand, you know, back then. But it was a full-on compound bow, just like Rambo. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how I remember it anyway. And uh, I ended up being the only kid at my birthday party that wasn't strong enough to pull it back. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I I think I was in tears for hours over that, but, um, but anyways, you know, once we, once I kind of grew into it and got shooting, um, I'd say it was, it, it was always kind of a passion right from the get go, but I was, uh, you know, as far as hunting goes, I was a, a rifle hunter or a shotgun hunter for birds. Um, when I got a little older and kind of into, legal hunting you know at a legal age Mm -hmm. um it was really limited on time so seasons were so short you know in some places in northern ontario you got a a two-week rifle season uh, and then maybe a a primitive weapon season and i started to get more into the bow because that opened up more opportunities you know from two weeks to two months Mm -hmm. uh, of hunting ability um shooting pie plates uh, with fingers on a compound bow, no sights, shooting instinctively, uh, completely old school, mm-hmm. and hitting pie plates, you know, to 30 yards probably, and thrilled with that. Yeah. 
And uh, then came technology, you know, release aids and peep sites and this, that, and the next thing. And as I started to progress kind of with technology, um, I fine-tuned my skills and didn't really realize it at the time, but I really got into bow hunting. I mean, I'm super competitive by nature and always, you know, more so competing against myself. Can I be better than yesterday kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And got to be pretty good with it. And one day I was into the shop, uh, which, you know, is an hour drive away from where I was, uh, living remotely, you know, and, um, the guys were like, Hey, you should come to a 3d tournament. And I was like, mm. 3d, like, what, what is that? And yeah. they're like life-size animal targets. And you get to shoot like 25 different animals each day. And I was like, mm. that's, you know, sign me up for that. No brainer. And, man. uh, yeah, and anyways, I went, and uh, of course, even though it was a small kind of local event, they didn't let you shoot in your own groups. They split you up, mm. so I didn't get to shoot with my buddies. I was shooting with strangers, and I met them halfway through for lunch, and uh, one of the guys said, uh, how'd you make out? I said, oh, not very good. I missed one, and I still remember him saying, you only missed one? <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, I won the uh, I won the tournament. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, got put in the front page of the newspaper. I won a jug <laughs> of bug wash and a hat uh, for first place. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, that was the start of kind of my archery career, you yeah. know. And uh, I think it was 97, I turned, I got a pro card. Uh, 99, I won a gold medal at the national championships for 3D. Wow. But the basis behind all of that was to hunt. Hmm. Yeah. I wanted to become a more proficient killer. Yeah, I wanted to take every opportunity I had and turn it into a success story versus, you know, a story about the big one that got away yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, and that's that kind of led me into what I do today. Um, I basically stopped shooting competitive archery, but uh, was still hunting like a fiend. But through that competitive archery. Um, I gained a lot of partners in the industry, um, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, one year I got two TV offers in the same week. Mm. And, uh, so I never really planned to host a TV show, but it happened. And next thing you know, we're sitting here today talking to you with, uh, 14 years of television under my belt. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's incredible. Um, yeah. And you just celebrated like an anniversary, right? I did, yeah. Ten years hosting the Edge. Ten years hosting the Edge, yeah. Yeah. Happy to be a part of that, you know, and just kind of, you know, say thanks for all of your support all all the years, and you know, maybe ruffle your feathers a little bit too while I was at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, without, you know, it's a funny business that TV business in the hunting industry. Yeah. Um. You know, personal opinion on that. There's a lot of heroes out there. A lot of hero hunters. Um. You know, with the attitude, I host a TV show, so I'm I'm the best. I'm mm -hmm. better than the next guy, and uh, it's not that's not it for me at all. You know, it's mm -hmm. a passion project for me. Uh, the main basis behind it for me personally is the ability to stand on a taller stage and promote the heritage behind the hunt. I think it's super important that we remember where we came from in order to understand where we want to go in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so that's it for me, but. It's a, it's a funny business because, uh, you know, when you're first starting out, uh, 
like every other dick brain out there, I was walking around thinking I must be something special out of the <laughs> gates. And uh, you find out real quick that you're not. And uh, all you can do is strive towards being better, you know, mm-hmm. again, competing against yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way it's kind of laid out for me in my life, not doing that as a source of my income, a full-time job, paying the mortgage, truck payments, whatever else, mm-hmm. uh, I can truly call it a passion project because I have a, what I call the real job in the oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. And I've been with that company for 27 years. So I think the advantage that that gives me from being you know, involved in the TV industry is I don't have to say yes to a paycheck. I get right. to honestly truly test the products and get to know the people that stand behind those products, which is equally important, I will add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then pick the best stuff because, you know, the, the partnerships and the, the, uh, I guess the finances that go with some of those partnerships. Yes. Um, necessary for the wheels to keep spinning, mm-hmm. uh, production quality, the rest of it, I'm sure you're from familiar with, but, yeah. um, it just uh, really allows me to take a stance and truly promote and use the products that I believe are the best in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that too. Yeah. That, and that's one of the reasons we like to work with you. And I've said this before on the podcast, you know, is that we, we want to support people that support our products because they let, they want to shoot them you know, because of the performance that it gives them, not simply because we're like, Hey, we're going to, um, you know, let's work out a deal and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's always kind of started with shooting the product and wanting the product. And then from there it's like, okay, well let's take this a step further, you know, and try to reach the masses and, and, and get the word out about how the products work and, and, and let people know that you can have success with them. Yeah. Well, I think it's hugely important, uh, especially for a guy in my circumstance where I do get to stand on that, you know, a little bit taller stage um, and promote these brands and promote these products. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if it, if I don't believe it works, you know, like I've, here's a perfect example. I, I developed my own bino harness system. Mm -hmm. And if a company comes up with a better one, I'll wear it and use it mm-hmm. even though i have my own yeah you know uh it's just that's that's what it's all about for me performance in the field and confidence in the in the gear that i'm taking to the field yeah for sure and for the listeners what is the um what's the name of the brand that uh that you have for the bino harness and some of the other products you make uh next level hunter uh and and nlhapparel.com uh, that's where you can find it, but yeah, next level hunter products. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's yeah. awesome. I love the, I, I love the logo that you have and I keep, I keep forgetting to ask you, I'm like, man, I, I need like a hat or something to wear, you know, to try to help promote, uh, your products too. So I'll have to try yeah, to see absolutely. if I can sneak a hat from you one of these days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah. I mean, as far as the, you know, the industry goes, I've been in the industry for, you know, going on almost 20 years and I've seen a lot of that, a lot of the egos like you speak of, you know, and I think that, and, and some of those egos are no longer around simply because like you said, when they rely on that for a paycheck, you know, there's risky moves and, you know, maybe things aren't being done, you know, 
morally and ethically the way that they should be. And in a lot of cases, legally and running into legal issues, you know, and, and sometimes I try to put myself in those people's shoes and go, man, you know, if it, if it meant my family, you know, I, I try to have some grace for the, some of those things too, you know, cause you, you do anything yeah. to support your family. But like you said, in your case, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be that way. You can, you can give a unbiased opinion of the products. You shoot what you want to shoot because you know, it's going to help you be successful. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, it, there's nothing worse. I was the guy, you know, like most that saved up for six months to buy a backpack. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was that guy. Um, so when I hear people come on saying, you know, this is this is the best backpack or these are the best boots or this is the best arrow rest. Mm-hmm. Um, my first question is, so how many have you tried? Yeah, right. You know, and, and I'm not talking about I shot it twice in my basement. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about field tested, used as a canoe paddle, <laughs> Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. stripped apart and, and made boot laces out of it. I mean, I mean, really beat it up mm-hmm. because that's the stuff I want to take to the field. I mean, I have countless once in a lifetime opportunities mm-hmm. uh, in front of me because of this TV show and because of you know, the, the career path that I've taken in the outdoor industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I go on a big sheep hunt, uh, if I have a failure, it's catastrophic. Yeah. I mean, catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Um, and confidence is everything for me. I've had equipment fail and you know what? Some of those instances I can honestly say probably unfair to the manufacturer or that brand but if it fails on me, it's out, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Here's the thing. And why I say it's unfair is because a lot of times, the manu- I'm in the manufacturing business in the oil and gas side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put out a thousand great units and have one failure. Yeah. Uh, depends where that failure happens and whose hands it's in at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, so some of those, you know, I've canned some products pretty fast and probably heated in the moment when i did it Mm -hmm. um our sales guys you know for the tv show pull their hair out with me most days because um i'll reject an offer or i'll can a deal um over product failures and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but you know again like i said earlier one of the biggest things for me is the people that are standing behind those products as well yeah if I don't feel like we're on the same page um, to a certain degree, because I don't know if anybody can actually get on the same page in, in this old squeaker of a head. <laughs> uh, but if you get close, you know, just treat, pe- treat people the way you want to be treated yourself mm-hmm. uh, in any facet of your life and uh, and look after them. That's the kind of people that I, I want to partner with. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's – kind of client vendor relationships and then there's true partnerships and um i'd say 99.9 percent of what i have or what we have with the edge tv are true partnerships yeah and that's that's easy to look at because a lot of those brands case in point yourselves it's not only my 10 years hosting the edge but it's also my tenure with a lot of these brands yeah 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, yeah, thank you for the compliment. I mean, appreciate that. And you've always been a pleasure to work with, you know, so there's never been, I haven't been on the marketing side the entire time that you've been with us, you know, but of the, of the time that I've had to um, work with you guys, you and Joe, uh, it's just been fantastic, you know, and, and I, yeah. I love that I have a personal connection with you guys, even though, you know, like I said, a lot of our talks are business, but, you know, I'll get pictures of, um, you know, some of your kills and things like that. And it's always really fun to see that kind of stuff, um, you know, just coming to my phone, you know, it's really fun. Yeah. And um, having that personal connection just makes it that much, all that much more uh, fun. And Well, I, I don't care who you are, everybody, no matter how organized and how detailed of a person you are, uh, everybody runs into a jam and I'm telling you for the listeners at home, if you knew how many times I called this guy right here <laughs> at eight or 10 o'clock at night and said, dude, I'm in, I'm in dire straits. Yep. And, uh, you know, with, I'm looked after every time. Yep. And that's, again, that's a part of the partnership. Mm-hmm. If you're just a hired gun, you know, like some of these bigger name guys out there, uh, you know, you know, like I trust my life on this coffee cup and you should too. Yeah. I mean, it's not for me. Yeah. You know, unless I truly believe that, mm. uh, it's not going to come out of my mouth. So. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about, I was, I alluded to it just a little bit earlier, but I wanted to talk about the first time that I had met you and I'm not sure there was a little bit of, of obscurity around the video that I sent you for your 10 year anniversary, but um, so we were at ATA show and again, I wasn't in the marketing side of things at that time. I had been with the company for, you know, over a decade at that point. But, uh, so, um, I think we are I'm at... nervous. I'm almost nervous. No, right no, 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 it, no. It's, <laughs> it's more me. It's more me. Cause so you were, you were great. I just, I, I'm trying to think what is the, in Indy, what's the, what's the, what's the place where everybody always goes? Is it the Hyatt? Um, where everybody goes to have drinks after the day is yeah, over. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it was, yeah. So I, I came down there to meet Ears, and you know Ears very well, and I think most of our yeah. listeners probably know him also. But uh, Ears was our general manager for Vapor Trail for quite some time. And uh, at that time, he was, I uh, was going down there to meet up with him, found him because he really stands out in a crowd. He's a big, tall guy with a huge beard. And, uh, and he's big old ginger. Yep. And he's sitting there and he goes, well, he said that he was, when I was texting back and forth with him, he said that he was, um, hanging out with you. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so when I got there, he was talking to Joe. And so I made the assumption that you were Joe. And so then I went up and I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, it's really loud in there, so you can't really hear. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said his name and stuff, but I couldn't really hear him very well. So I was like, oh, you know, and I just, he just, I shake the, you know, those huge man mitts that he's got. And I'm looking straight up at him because he's like, what, six foot eight or something like that. I yeah, think. six, nine, and his hands are, are pretty much the size of a phone book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, so here, this, I don't know how long it was. It had to be several hours here. I thought that Joe was you. And then later on, I came up, and or, and then I think Ears was talking to you, and you were um, you were dressed to impress, man. Like, I think you were wearing, like, a like a, a, a suit coat or a blazer or something like that. You were you were looking sharp, you know, and, and I, I had no idea who you were at that time. I just thought Ears was talking to you. And then, again, I got introduced to you and shook your hand, and I'm just like, oh, what the heck is this guy? I don't know. Okay, or whatever, and then just moved on. And then I think it was later the next day I was talking with Ears, and he revealed that, 
you know, <laughs> you were really well, a, Steve, and I, you know, so it's just funny that I. Had that's that a way up. better story than I thought you're gonna. Have. I thought you were gonna say, yeah, I thought this guy was sitting in there like, no, no, that's Steve over there, and you looked over and I was like dancing on a pole. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> that most certainly would have made for a better story, honestly. <laughs> but. Oh, um, but yeah, so then I, and I don't think I've met you. I haven't seen you in person since then. And that was probably, boy, I don't know. was that five or six years ago, probably now. Yeah. I remember um, getting pictures from you at a TAC event yep. where you were, uh, mocking, mocking up a poster <laughs> they had of me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a photo that, um, oh gosh, what's his name from, um, silver prime. prime. Yeah. Silver took. And you're like kind of coming up over this rise with your bow. And so, yeah, I kind of. Uh, mimicked you in that photo and had ears send it to you. We were all laughing. Yeah, silver, uh, silver always had an act to make me look good. <laughs> yeah. Big shout, big shout out to Ryan Silver if he ever watches this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. I, I, you know, since he hasn't been with Prime, I haven't uh, seen or heard from him in quite some time. But, um, but yeah, so uh, you recently just killed a giant of an elk in the Rocky Mountains. Um, with the uh, the new 2024 prime bow that we can't that that that, that yeah <laughs> yeah that we can't really talk about so um but aside from that what uh so tell the story like how did that all go down was it was it just you hunting uh you know kind of solo with a camera guy following you or did you was there you know a couple guys in camp or you know to tell well, us the story yeah Kind of here's the deal. I guess yes, I am. I am running the new uh, prototype 2024 flagship for uh, Prime right now. Um, I can tell you this: it's fantastic shooting bow. I'm super pumped uh, to be one of the guys kind of trying it before it comes out, um, and you know, going through the motions with it. Um, so that was one of those things you helped me with uh, at uh, 10 o'clock at night. I think uh, it was maybe a week before my first hunt trip and I got a call from prime saying, uh, Hey, do you want to, we'd sure like you to use this new bow before it launches. And, uh, of course I was grateful for the opportunity and away we went, but I was down in uh, Colorado on business and had to figure out how I'm going to get this bow set up, stretched, tuned and, uh, ready to hunt with in a week. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those guys that takes two months, you know, yeah. Uh, kind of dicking around with one ounce <laughs> here, one ounce there, mm -hmm. uh, trying to dial it in to perfection. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so that was an ordeal, but then we went, uh, then we went elk hunting. I, uh, I just bought a new, uh, wall tent from Montana canvas mm, yeah. and it had, it had come in while I was on this work trip. So when I got home, I'm like, I got to rush out there. I got to set up elk camp. I wanted to set up my local elk camp before I headed over to Vancouver mm -hmm. and, and did an elk hunt over there on in BC. Mm -hmm. So I went over and I set up the wall tent and to my surprise, super easy to set up by myself. Uh, especially, you know, first time around with that internal frame they got, I don't know mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Montana canvas, but yeah, we've got one that we use as a, uh, as a booth. Um, and we do like yeah. total archery challenge and stuff. Yeah. Super slick setup. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I got that all set up and, uh, I figured, well, I'm here for a couple of days. Um, let me get a little kind of local elk hunt in here in Alberta mm -hmm. before I go on this, you know, big trip. So I didn't have cameramen with me. Okay. This was solo adventure. Oh, nice. And uh, 
<laughs> yeah. I ended up uh I ended up killing a monster. And I always tell people, you know, if you see me with a big elk, like a hero style elk, uh it's usually by accident because <laughs> uh we are elk eaters. My wife, that's her favorite game meat. And every year that's what we fill the freezer with mm. first priority. So uh to get a big one with you know with the with the big giant antlers that we all get pumped up about yeah uh, that was that was a lot of fun yeah man a lot of fun I uh, we went in there like I said and I saw I went down to a kind of a little honey hole starting point put out some cameras and uh, nothing in the morning you know mm. and didn't even hear a chirp it was still early I mean this is oh man early early September mm-hmm. and uh, but rut activity definitely. You know, you were seeing cows getting kind of yarded around by the bulls and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, I got down out of my stand and I walked back in the woods. Probably I'm maybe three, four hundred yards away from my stand. And all of a sudden, I catch this movement in the back. And sure enough, up with the binos, and I see one, two, three, and all of a sudden it turns into like a dozen cows to eighteen, and they're kind of coming on this little trail right towards me. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, if there's a bull there, I'm just going to hunker down and they're going to walk right by me at like 15 yards. Yeah. So I didn't chirp. I didn't cow call nothing. And, uh, I felt the wind, you know, classic and poof, all those elk ran out of there and I could hear some crashing and it wasn't, and it, this is antlers going through the trees. Mm. So I, I never did see the bull. Anyway, I got out of there and I thought, well, that's it. I'm just going to back out. Cause it's still pretty close to my stand and, um, I thought if they start to make any noise that can maybe chirp, chirp them in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I got back up onto this real high hill. I call it the lookout hill and looked off about two and a half miles and could see these cows coming through the trees. Well, I just waited and kept watching them with the binos. And next thing you know, out walks this bull and my jaw hit the dirt. And it was like, <laughs> At literally at two two miles maybe mm-hmm. I was like wow that's an impressive bull. Mm-hmm. I jumped on uh, I don't know if you use the e-bikes but I jumped on my e-bike mm-hmm. and I kind of got them figured out and I got all the way around to where I got the wind right and came in and got super lucky because they came kind of right up the funnel. Uh, I ended up shooting that bull at like twenty five yards. Wow, yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, you know, every time that happens, it's like, why didn't I have a cameraman? Why didn't we, you know, everybody just thinks that every hunt that I do is filmed for TV. Well, mm-hmm. we're doing 13 episodes a year, 13 hunts a year that are filmed. And I probably do 10 hunts a year that aren't filmed. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it just so happens, you know, the big one comes when the TV cameras aren't rolling, <laughs> but. <laughs> you know, and then the uh, the sophisticated selfies kick in, and you got your cell phone, you know, uh, duct taped to a tree branch, and you're trying to take <laughs> photos of yourself and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you did a good job. Yeah, you took definitely took, got a good solid photo. So, and I, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. And I mean, you got I I hear you too. With there was a time where you know, when I really first started kind of getting into bow hunting and all that kind of stuff, I was carrying cameras with me and, and trying to do everything that I could to get film and footage and all that. And I've got a ton of footage from back in the day that I just never did anything with, but I got just get to a point where it's like, it, 
it just adds so much more work to the whole process, you know, and instead of, oh, it, yeah. instead of it being like a getaway, it's, it's just, it's a lot of grinding, you know? And so well, I kind of got away from doing that a little bit, but now I've been kind of getting a little bit back into it now that, now that technology's come a little, little, uh, a long ways and, you know, things are more compact and you don't got to pack in a ton of heavy gear and all that kind of stuff. I've been getting back into it, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, when you hunt, I guess, as, as much as I do, um, with a cameraman, it's extremely difficult, even with a cameraman. You're mm. double the noise, double the scent, yep. double everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're trying to sneak up on that, you know, big bull elk, or you're trying to sneak up on a mule deer, or sit still enough in a whitetail stand to have a big buck, a mature buck come by, it's extremely difficult. Mm. And... I look forward to those hunts where I go by myself and it's just me out there, you know, like I'll go on a solo sheep hunt for five days, 10 days. And if I want to walk a half hour and take a 15 minute snooze, I do, Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, peaceful, Yeah, you know, and kind of gets me back to where I started to, which is, which is cool. But again, every time, something really cool happens you're like god i wish i had a camera here you know <laughs> yeah well i guess that's how it goes sometimes right but um but you know just wasn't meant to be on film i guess it's only it was only meant to be in your head so yeah you'll always have you know, that every, right everything happens for a reason and uh you know take it i take as much pictures even if they are sophisticated selfies uh because one day this memory is going to stop working i know it yeah and uh, i want to be able to look back on all of these adventures yeah and uh and know it you know and remember it Mm -hmm. so yeah man and i so i gotta ask how does it feel to be a real american hero on the packaging of one of our our more popular arrow rests the gi8 dude right here You know, uh, one of the coolest things in all the years that I've been doing this, uh, I'm not going to lie, I play down that hero thing, you know, like I talked about earlier, I'm not, I'm not in it for this, mm-hmm. but when a company reaches out to you and says, here's what we're thinking and we'd love to put your image on a package for our products. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my phone response is like, Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Mm. And then when I get off the phone, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's such a cool opportunity and a cool experience. And it makes me feel really good because uh, there's nobody patting you on the back. You know, mm. when you're out there and you're grinding, Joe and I just talked about this the other day. Yeah. Um, unless you're there, nobody really understands the hardships and the sacrifice and the suck. Right that goes into bringing these half hour television programs to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get something like this happen, put me on a package right down to, you know, everybody's so caught up in social media land where they want more followers. They want more likes. They want more. They're just looking for that little pat on the back mm-hmm. and as tough and as rugged and of a mountain man as I'd tell you I am and brag myself up about that uh, with a smile on my face, it's nice to have somebody come back and recognize your efforts. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Vapor Trail doing that with the packaging, not only for myself, but 
for a dear friend of mine, Jason Matzinger, yeah. uh, for him to get on there as well. Uh, super cool. You know, I remember uh, Jason phoned me right away and he said, I can't believe that my image is going to go on a package just like yours. <laughs> Oh, that's that's awesome. a total lie. Yeah. If, if Jason, if you're listening, I just lied, but it made me feel good. Oh, that's awesome. No, and and we, you know, we were sitting there just trying to think about the whole the whole thing and how it all came about, the idea, and it was like, okay, so you know, at first it was like, well, who's gonna, be, you know, who's gonna be the guy? Is it gonna be you, Rory, or is it gonna be me, or is it gonna be you know our pro shop guy, Hollywood, or? You know, so trying to kind of narrow it down, and I was just like, well, you know, it, it does that. It doesn't really make sense to do that. You know, I mean, as far as you know, it's like think about, you know, who are our partners? Who do who do we work with that, uh, you know, really like the products and want to shoot the products and and people that we know are, we're going to have a long-standing relationship with, right? Because, you know packaging lasts for a long time <laughs> yeah. and so yeah. and, and so it's like okay so we know that we're committed to these uh two individuals you know for the foreseeable future and it, it just it just made sense at the same time you know and it's like and and I feel like and you guys are like on a parallel plane too where you know Jason you guys are like one and the same but you're the Canadian version and he's the the U.S. version <laughs> yeah so, yeah. you know, you guys, he's got a little bit, he's got a little bit better of a beard than I do, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, I just, that's how I've always kind of seen you guys and, you know, both very successful, both, both very um, passionate about what you're doing, conservation, the whole, the whole thing. And so that's, that's why we, uh, you know, want to partner with, with you and, and with him. And, um, so that, you know, there's a lot of those parallels, but yeah. And it's been yeah, great. I... It's, it's been great to have you know, so many people, um, recognizing you on the packaging too, you know, so that's really cool. Well, I've been doing my best every, ch every time I'm in a store that has the, uh, the, uh, rest up on the, on the counter, I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? <laughs> and then they look at it and they go, what? And I go, look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in, I was in Shields in Texas. Ar uh, yeah. Arlington, Texas. Mm. And uh, I actually did that to like a random stranger. I'm like, best arrow rest ever. And he's like, wow, yeah. I'm like, cool packaging too, right? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, you yeah. got to bask in the glory, man, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, you do. And, yeah. and you know, I can't say enough good things about Matt Singer. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I look up to in the industry. Mm. You know, he's so eloquently spoken uh, when it comes to TV and especially his short films. I mean, mm. you just can't get a more graceful a character than that. And uh, yeah, I'd say you guys are super lucky to have him too. Like he's a, he's a dynamite guy. Yeah, I mean both of you. So don't sell yourself short. Honestly, I mean we <laughs> uh, appreciate everything that you guys do for us. And Joe too. Hopefully, I can get him on the podcast again sometime um, soon too. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Thanks for uh, thanks for telling us the stories about the you know all of your success and there's so much more um, about you that there's no way we can even fit into this thing. Like I just I absolutely love you know your your page. It's it's really funny. You guys do a lot of fun stuff and and we kind of try to do the same, you know. And then and then just I also really um, want to kind of 
um, point out too that I really like how you support you know some of the indigenous um, you know folks you know when you're up and uh, when you when you got that black or the when you got the polar bear you know some of the things that you did for the folks up there you know for the locals and then um, you know also uh, you had given a shout out you know to Last Light Media um, you know your post here says I'd like to you know thank the Albert family and Last Light Media for documenting such an insp inspirational story so if anybody ever gets a chance to go over and see that too that's really cool um, yeah absolutely I mean it's a uh, you know a little bit of back history there growing up in northern Ontario you know uh, right right on the edge of a of an Ojibwe reservation up there I have many dear friends you know indigenous uh, and uh, it's just again it's a part of where I grew up where I come from and that's a huge part of what I'm doing now you know everything that I learned then is carried forward and uh, again I can't I can't tell everybody enough. I, it's important to remember where we came from yeah. in order to have a very good understanding on where we want to go in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've, I've always been really fascinated with, you know, native American history and I'm currently actually reading, a, um, listening to a couple books. One I'm listening to now is, uh, uh, the journey of crazy horse. And I've just been reading a lot and listening to a lot of books, um, in regards to the Lakota, um, tribes, um, the Oglala and the mini Kanju and all that. And then just, you know, again, just going back to, you know, seeing some of the stuff that you do is really inspiring. I think that's amazing what you're doing there. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So yeah, that brings us, I guess, to the end of the episode, man, Steve, uh, where can the listeners um, find you on social media? If they're, if they're looking to, to follow along Facebook and Instagram, Steve Eklund, next level hunter. Excellent. And then Should I think, up. and then they can also follow the TV show, right? That it's, it's just the edge TV show on Instagram. Correct. That is correct. Yes, okay. sir. All right. Perfect. And then, yeah, next level hunter, he's got some good gear. So head on over to the website and check that out. Make sure you grab that sweet new barn bino harness, uh, that he's got NLHapparel.com. There we go. Perfect. And uh, so, yeah, you can find us at The Range Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me, Ricky.Wayne80 on Instagram and Ricky W. Bruley on Facebook. Again, please be sure to head over to the Vapor Trail YouTube channel. If you like the video, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe, and also hit the bell so you can be up to date on all things archery. If you're listening, do me a favor, uh, give us a rating and make sure that you give us five stars. Big thanks again, Steve, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of your season, brother. And with that, we are going to pack up our bows and arrows, and we're hitting the range. Have a great day, everybody. Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's T-R-P-15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stokerize branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear. Nice shot. Oh, what in the hell went flying? <laughs>